Welcome to The Wind Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Well, ladies and gentlemen, hello, good afternoon, and welcome to The Wind Down. I'm here with... Scott. Hello, Scott. How are you? Hello, Nick. How are you? Now, hopefully, hopefully for the last week, it's a lockdown wind down. Where are we? What are we drinking? Uh, Well, guess what? We're at home. (laughs) (laughs) And we're drinking wine. Hey, I've got a a bottle of uh, Lumber, the Menzies. This is a a bit of new, or it's in this year, the the, the 2016 Pinot Warwick Mm -hmm. Cabso. It's actually a nice drop, you know. Oh, well, I've got a Petaluma, um, twenty fourteen Kunawara from Evans Vineyard. Um, yes, it's meant to be nice. It is nice, actually. So, interestingly, um, you, so you, your lumber's still putting corks in the uh, in these bottles. Wow, which is actually a challenge for the younger people of today. Some of who are which are not quite familiar of what to do with one of these. Yes, yes. Um, well, when we were back in pubs, when uh, when we acquired a bottle that had a cork in it, the person sat there looking at it going, hmm, this will be a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway. You know, put, put, put it in your shoe and bang it against a wall. <laughs> That's right. But the cork eventually did come out, all 12 pieces of it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you've got to start somewhere. So, uh, well, I, today... I, have a bottle of, I have a bottle of 1976 port, which I believe ah. the cork will be coming out in pieces, but, but there we go. <laughs> anyway, today, yes. Yes. So um, this week, the Australian Cyber Security Centre released their um, security report, you know, its annual cyber threat report Ooh. Ooh. for last year. Collated all the information, put it into a nice big long PDF file, and said, "Here you go." So I thought we might just cover some of the highlights out of that because there's some interesting data in there. Why don't you do that? And I'll ask questions because I'm totally unprepared. I haven't read this report yet, so this could, it's going to be enlightening for me as well. <laughs> no, there's, there's some good stuff in there. There's some good stuff in there, but it's a, um, it's a, there's actually more in there than I thought would be. Uh, we mm-hmm. we had a lot of global stats and various things, and you sort of look at how do they relate. Um, to what we're doing here, and sometimes it's difficult to break out our specific little little bit. But um, it's uh, it, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. Oh, cool! So, what are the cliff notes? What are the what are the big highlights? What are the things you went? Ooh. Um, I, I guess. Um, so, let me ask you this: How often do you think in Australia a cyber attack is reported? Is reported or happens? I know, no, is reported. And that's that's a very important differentiation, actually. But this is actually being reported. I I, I would have no idea. Let's say one a day. Okay, uh, every eight minutes. Whoa! So there's a cyber security incident in this country every eight minutes. There is one, uh, there is a report of a cyber security threat which, which could be something from anywhere from someone sitting at home going, I've got a virus, who do I mm-hmm. call, ringing up the Australian Cyber Security Centre, um, right through to um, a potential uh, attack on a piece of critical infrastructure, somewhere in between those two extremes. So yeah. you've got to sort of balance that out a bit. But look, every eight minutes, um, 
And I thought that's that's interesting. Um, the only thing that I thought was more interesting than that is that uh, it's uh, shrunk from last year, which was every 10 minutes. Now, I didn't think it was every 10 minutes last year. So the fact that it's that wow. in that sort of range and it's continually shrinking sort of says, hey, we've got a bit of an issue here. Um, that's they that's, had, um, that's that's a huge just just for a second. So that's every eight minutes, twenty four hours a day, three hundred and sixty five days a year. Somebody's reporting a cybersecurity incident. How big are the associations our governments built to deal with these? That's oh, well, that's, I mean, that's yes. like that's lots of stuff to work on, right? Look, it it, it is, and you, you've got to you've got to think about. Well, part of this is it may not be your ringing a person it could be you're reporting it via the website and that yep. there's some helpful advice available or it could be that um it could be very much that you know, you've actually gone in and got a whole team of people involved to help resolve a critical issue um i think that the website is a is a main source because it actually goes in there and says you know hey here's all this material look through here uh, yep. we can help but start here um but i thought that was that was quite quite good um, a lot of focus around uh, COVID-related issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, like so, so here's, here's, a, here's a question before before we dive in, yeah. just so I understand. So 61,320-ish reported cybersecurity incidents, if I just pop that maths into my head. Um, seven yeah, nearly, nearly, yeah, yep. yeah. 67,500, they've said. Okay. But, yeah, no, well, okay. I'm doing, I'm doing every eight minutes, which is seven an hour times 24 times 365 gives me 61,320. So I'm, I'm, I'm uh, close, but 67,000. <laughs> Here we go. Um, so, so look, I, I get the metric. It's, it's the right yeah. metric. Um, so you've got all these people. What's somebody's expectation when they report a cybersecurity incident? And I understand well, there's the data breach stuff, but yeah. what, what are people expecting to achieve when they, they – and, and who is this to? Which agency are, the, are people reporting it to? How do they know how to report it? Who's telling them to do this? Well, how does that all come together? Yeah, so look, the, the reports do go through uh, to the Government Cybersecurity Centre. There is mm-hmm. a uh, – there's a nice little website for that, and we'll, we, can, we can post some details about that. But um, you, you essentially go up there and you provide details on what's happened, and that, that is the report. Now, it's, it's going to be – Again, sort of a one extreme of people who have no idea about IT going, I've got this virus thing, my computer's running slow, um, yep. I'm supposed to report this, what do I do? What button do I hit to make it go fast again? That sort of thing. Right yep. up to the, the team of security specialists going, we've had a serious issue at Blur, uh, this is what it is, this is the virus, This is what. We're, how do we get around it? What bit of malware yep. are we addressing? Are there known resolutions for this? Can you help? Is this new? What's the impact? Because when you yep. start to get into some of the areas of critical infrastructure, that's not just a report. That's a, a response team starts to get generated sure. uh, in the government and in the various organisations. Um, and I talk about critical infrastructure because, strangely enough, a quarter of all those reports came from a critical infrastructure-focused firm or organisation. Wow. Yeah, now that's interesting. Now, now I'm not just saying, oh, it's the power, it's a power plant, or it's yeah. a whatever. It's, it's. There's a lot of things that could be called critical infrastructure, like most health-related facilities. Yep. Uh, you would sort of fall into that. Uh, a lot of key government areas would fall into yep. that. Um, so it's, it's, it is actually a fairly widespread thing. But when you're talking about a quarter of the events 
that were reported actually fall under critical infrastructure. And they're oh, well, that's uh, that's, that's I'm, fairly, I'm fairly huge, absolutely. Yeah. So, losses, yeah, um, reported losses 33 billion dollars. 33 billion dollars, yes. I don't know, is that tax deductible? That could be interesting. Um, I suppose if you lost it, you didn't really generate it in the first place. Um, yeah, anyway, <laughs> that would be an interesting sort so of thought. To that's have there. average. So you, yeah, you just said, you just said that some of these incidents are small, but the average loss per incident is four hundred ninety-two thousand uh, dollars. It's a fair. It depends on how you structure it. They've they've actually worked out that the median loss now is around fifty thousand dollars, fifty thousand six hundred dollars. Okay, so got lots of really small ones. Of, yeah, yeah, it, it, it is skewed down that end. But having said that, yeah, you know, fifty grand is fifty grand. That's a good lunch. So yep. yeah, you, you'd hopefully not. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where you lunch, Scott. That's <laughs> that's that's like a hundred good lunches at the beach club. A hamburger and a nice bottle of wine in some cases. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, you've got to lower your taste on wine, Scott. Really. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, but um, look, it's. Uh, well, this is the whole thing, and what we are seeing, um, and you know, it's, it's showing up in the report, is that the the vulnerabilities uh, or the the exposure of known vulnerabilities they're being attacked a lot quicker. So when you get vendors right. coming out and saying, "Hey, we we've, we're releasing a security update. Um, we are aware of this security issue in our code. Um, yep. Here it is. This uh, make sure you upgrade to this level to address this fix. Uh, address this issue." Um, yep. People don't necessarily put those updates on fast enough. And the problem is when the vendor comes out and says, here's the known problem, and they, they, there's a database of all of There's a proper structure for reporting these. Yep. You've also got hackers going in there going, oh, vendor X in their software has just declared they're uh, open to this particular problem. Let's go and write some code that targets that problem in that software and see how far we get. Yes. Yeah, that's and that's that. that that's fascinating. I was had a chat with a, a customer this week, and um, yeah, a prospect actually. They weren't a customer, and they were saying, um, "Oh, you're not going to make us update to all the newest stuff, are you? What about hmm. the bugs in that?" And I went, "Wow, if that's still your perception, you're so far behind the eight ball. It's quite quite frightening because really, from a security point of view, you really should be up with the latest and greatest everything, right?" Well, that's just it. I mean, it, it used to be that code was not well tested um, and would be, you know, all the stuff would be thrown out there and the public and um, the companies would be used as the test bed to find out what went wrong, have all the reports come back in and there's your bug list, um, which had that mindset of, look, I don't want to be the first one to update. I want a few other people to go through this for a month or two or three or four before I do this. And that way, any potential issues with that update will get fixed. But testing uh, competency and testing structures have been a lot more rigorous tools are available to automate this stuff um, it's difficult to if you're doing it properly you've got some fairly robust code going out there uh, so you know, if you compare that to i may uh, i have known security issues that i need to address i'd rather be on the look i'm secure and i run the risk of maybe having a bug versus Sure. Well, look, I don't have I don't have any bugs I know about, but my data is open for the world to see. No, look, I, I I totally agree. I'm I'm latest and greatest is it really is in today's world of of the technologies we're using is where you want to be. Well, that, that's just it. Um, the other thing is when and we'll we'll look at this in a bit more coming in future future episodes. But cyber insurance, 
Mm -hmm. um, this is sort of also leading to if you don't update or you don't have the processes and um, or policies in place to say you are going to update to the latest fixed pack or whatever it is within a certain amount of days or weeks, is this is the um, is your insurer saying well you are leaving yourself exposed and you're expecting us to carry that cover? We're either not going to insure you because of that, or we're going to put a massive premium on you because you're a risk. Um, Absolutely. We've seen that already. Insurance and premiums are. are boosting like nothing in the US. They're three to four times what they were a year ago in some circumstances. That's so, a super scary, right? Yeah. Um, hey, I'll tell you one thing I saw. Go on. All the, the states and territories of Australia, um, mm -hmm. which one do you think had the most reports? Oh, oh, that's a goodie. I'm going to say the ACT. Yeah. Uh, tiny, right at the bottom of the list. Hey, it was Queensland. Wow, Queensland. Oh, that, that surprises me. I would have thought it would be Melbourne or Sydney because that's where all the commerce happens or the ACT because that's where all the government happens. But no, it's Queensland. You know wow. Queensland, 30%. 30% of the country's reports come from Queensland. Now, to be fair, they don't break that down into what are they, the like the individual person at home that just turned on the computer for the first time, put the wrong key and downloaded something. Um, and look, I, we, we've had this. Um, we, you know, we, we get calls from people saying, it said click here, so I clicked here, and now yep. this doesn't work and something and blah, 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 blah. Oh, no. Um, Victoria, 29%. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. New South Similar. Wales, eighteen percent. Did you just say? Did you say eighteen percent? Eighteen percent for New South Wales. Wow. Eight. Yes. I, I thought New South Wales and Queensland's numbers would be reversed in this picture, just based upon the um, the general sort of um, economic IT. Yeah, side. but I think I think we've got to be careful here because we've got the mixture of how many people are getting cyber instance versus how many people yes. are reporting them did queensland have a big advertising blitz say saying report your cyber instance here or something well that's <laughs> that's something we might not know yeah. or click here for virus and just see what yeah. happens yeah absolutely <laughs> yes that's fair and look um and of course then you start looking at sectors well the government 35 percent of incidents and that's um, about 20%, I think it was, was federal government and about 15%, oh, very close to those figures, was state and local and council and that sort of thing. Yeah. We, and so we did say of, that, we did yeah. say that, you know, with the essential eight, there's a bunch of government departments who aren't keeping up with their Look, security there, requirements. There, there are, but you know, they're, they're not, yeah, they, they are and they aren't. Uh, from what we've seen, you get like the majority of the department is, but there's just legacy little pieces here and there now that are the ones holding the stats back. Yep. Uh, but it's the, it's the legacy, it's the, yeah, it's the <laughs> legacy bits and pieces which let you down, right? That's right. It's, it's, it's my 1922 firewall that is <laughs> the last piece to go. <laughs> uh, yeah, look at They've actually moved a fair bit along, even even health, which to, to me has been a very slow mover in, in security. Um, uh, not that the uh, the need is not recognised, but just because of the systems and uh, things that are tied to uh, pieces of medical equipment. Oh, you know, that, that bit of equipment's supposed to last 10 years and it came with a computer and software on there runs. You know, you go click and the medical device works. 
well, no one thought of actually updating the security issues in the software along the way. Um, yes. We, um, we got a, um, a new dishwasher the other day. Oh, yes. And uh, it's Wi-Fi enabled. I thought it's pretty cool. But you know what? The first thing I did, I connected it up to the Wi-Fi. It's got this little app. I connected yep. it to the Wi-Fi and said, oh, and I tried to start doing something. I was going, oh, it's not responding. Like, okay, that's probably what I expect out of a dishwasher. <laughs> what happens? But, oh, no. And it pops this message up. Performing security update. It was oh yes. <laughs> I thought, oh really? But you know, good on the um, in this case Bosch. Good on the uh, the actual company yep. for providing security updates for their appliances. Well, I've, I've just done a security update on my vacuum cleaner, so I I know those types, <laughs> types of things. <laughs> because if anyone broke in, they could clean up. No, no, no! It, it uh, yeah, just just because it's it's on the net, so I've got an app on my phone for the vacuum cleaner, and I can choose to clean clean the house or not. It's a robotic one, not not one of those stand up ones you have to push because that'd be stupid. But oh. it's, it's, uh, yeah, it weird. does it all yeah, itself. Please stand up now. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> yes. so, uh, um, so look, government thirty five percent, professional services were around ten percent, and that's all scientific or um, consulting or um, like accounting, legal, yep. those sort of things. Um, health seven percent. Okay, okay. yep, that's all right. Um, education, 6%. Oh, that's good. Uh, okay, okay. Um, so we, we'll see where that's where that's heading. But um, I guess the, the thing in that is, and this sort of comes back to the security vulnerabilities, when these things come out, patch quickly. Yes. Alternatively, don't expose parts of your network to anything, like air gap them. Yep, but I would say, I would difficult. say just... Just patch quickly. Yes, it's a lot easier. Air gapping, by the way, is disconnecting them from external connecti- uh, connectivity from the network, from the internet. Um, like Facebook did this week. Yes, they tested that for six hours or so, didn't they? It worked very well. They did air yeah, we, themselves from the internet. We talked about that in the Accounting Technology Fireside Chat podcast this morning. So that's, a, that's just yeah. a plug for the, the podcast. Well, now, now they know how long their DR recovery scenario takes. Yes, <laughs> yes, six hours. Yeah, that, well, that's right. But you know what? You can have systems failing over within seconds. You can have duplicates of infrastructure. You can spend millions of dollars on recovery scenarios. If your DNS goes offline, hey, no one can get there anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Luckily, um, as, and um, during it, Trevor said to me, he said, was any data at risk? I went, they were the most secure they'd been for years over those six hours. <laughs> That's right. No, no one could hack them during that time. <laughs> yes, no data was at risk at all. No data was accessible. Anyway. Uh, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, so look, it, it's an interesting report. Um, it does really throw a few things out there just to say, look, the situation's getting worse um, and there's more and more things you have to do to protect yourself. And you've really got to be on top of this. And I guess this sort of comes down to if you're not, really comfortable with this look seek out help find some it specialists that can uh, most people in the it industry will be able to put basics basics in place to be able to help you with things like this so um it's been um it's been very interesting reading of this even look at major points they're pushing patch within 48 hours where an exploit exists well, exploits exist as soon as the vendor announces there's an issue we're zero day now so you should be patching immediately i agree yeah, there's there's a lot of data in here, and it just it just jumps out. Um, Canberra was two percent, by the way. Wow. 
Yeah. AC2 is 2%. Right well, they the are world. smaller, but but you would have thought there's a bit of a honeypot down there. Yeah, look, it, it's interesting. Tasmania was 2% too. Wow. So there's That's a, a honeypot. A, a bit of a mix, but um, I guess it's um, – but you also have things like online shopping scams and banking scams and, yeah. Mm. Yeah, your uh, your credit card is expired. Click here. Enter your number. Um, that that yeah, stuff still works. It, do, it what it does because people don't think, right? People are busy mm. and they're not thinking about it. And that's you know the one of the biggest learnings out of all of this is whenever you receive a communication after asking you to give up some data, think about it. And I forget, it could have been you, I'm trying to remember who told me, I was chatting about, you know, the people who phone you up and ask you for your personal details. I think we did this in the scams one mm. recently. And, and people are surprised when I say I'm not giving my personal details to somebody who's just phoned me over the phone. I don't care who you are. Give me a way that I can verify to speak to you. Hardly anybody does that. These people are used to people just answering the phone and giving away details willy-nilly. Yeah. It's really fascinating. Well, you know what? There is actually a breakdown of um, the types of threat that have been reported. Ooh. There's, one, there's one interesting factor in there, at least that I thought. Mm. Malware. Yes. 2%. Wow. 2% of the threats are classified just as raw malware. I've been infected yep. with something and something's happening on my machine. I don't know what's going on. As in a, like a denial of service or a um, something that's preventing you from doing something. Yep. Um, what it is is the, um, the hacking industry or has moved on beyond that point because if you just want to infect someone and break their machine, that, there's no monetary return for that. Yeah. You've really got to get down to it. Like fraud, here we go, shopping, online banking, identity theft, investment, selling your stuff, bulk extortion, that's an interesting one, romance Ooh. scams, bullying, harassment. And the, these are the bulk sort of things that are coming in these days where there is an ulterior motive or there is an outcome as a result of the attack. So. It's, it's funny you mentioned it. I've got a friend who's a um, he's he's in his sixties and he's single. And um, every now and then he'll get oh, quite often, like three times a week, he'll get some young lady appear on WhatsApp or whatever he uses and try to get romantically involved. He talks about it. It's quite funny. We follow it, and he goes, "How long do you think before she goes? Have you got any investments?" Right? And the, the big one at the moment has been, "Yeah, I'll set up a cryptocurrency wallet for you." Um, and you can put your money in it and get some crypto because obviously you're in your 60s. You wouldn't know how to do that technical thing. And, of course, they walk away with all of your money. Right. Now, I had a couple of random things reach out to me on WhatsApp and a few just looking at what's up there. But, you know, stage one, if you're going to go and try to scam someone, at least spell their name correctly. Like <laughs> yes. their first name. And going, yes. really? Sorry, snot. <laughs> 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 really? Did you even read this before you sent it out? And what classifies that as an appropriate use of time to, I, I don't know, it's just, it's frustrating. So you're going to do something, yep. you must well do it well. Yeah, absolutely. My friend was telling me he gets ones where um, he'll, he'll see them and some of these apps tell you how close they are to you. And there'll be someone within like 100 kilometers one day and like 2,000 kilometers away the next day. And during lockdown, you actually can't do that. And they're just getting close to whoever they're targeting, right? Well, there you go. Uh, okay. So, yeah, it's, um, it was an interesting report. And basically, so what, it just what, sort of reinforces what's going on. So what on. are the actions? What, what should people do about this type yeah, of thing? Yeah, so there's a being, few things. Like we, we know about the Essential Eight. Yep. And they're not... It's not a difficult list, 
it can be time consuming and there can be a fair bit of work in there, especially if you've got a bigger network and a lot to do. But it's not what you call an overly complex list. Hey, I've got an interesting comment just came in on the um, when you were talking about misspelling names. Um, so Chrissy said, um, couldn't part of the misspelled name be to filter out people who are less likely to fall for it? And that's, a, that's, that's actually a really important point because people who will fall for it, you don't want to target them. You want to target the okay. absolute idiots who won't fall for it. So I think that's that's a really clever comment. Okay, so instead of going back with something like Dear Friend, you can go Dear Fiend and see what happens or... Yep. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Go for the... Put put out a, a scam with the lowest common denominator and just see who responds because if you do <laughs> respond to the lowest common denominator, you must think there's some good... Yeah, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, we'll absolutely. We, we know about the essential aid out there. Uh, yep. The Australian uh, cyber.gov.au has got some great material up there. Yeah, look, it's a bit of reading, but uh, it is it's an investment in time in this area is not necessarily a bad investment. For mm. sure. And, it, and like anything, like if you don't know what you're doing, hire an expert. And that's from that's everything to accounting and tax and medicine and you know technology and all sorts of things. You know, um, yeah. there's once a, once a poem which ends with "tis tis the um, the duty of the wealthy man to give employment to the artisan." Um, but it's also important <laughs> to to get expertise where you know it and don't assume you know everything because you really don't. Exactly, especially in the health area. <laughs> yes, yes, go and ask the doctor. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. All right. So um, so follow-ups is come talk to somebody who knows what they're doing. That sounds like a super idea. Um, yes. uh, anything, any other conclusions, Scott? Or should I say oh, Scott? Exactly. Um, I, you should assume that these are going to be ever-increasing. There's too much return going on. If you look at some people send some emails and, you know, got $33 billion in return. Yep. It's not as if this is going to go away tomorrow. I know I'm simplifying it, but the concept is it's it's very easy to put the scams out there and the, the monetary returns are significant. They will yep. still be around. Just be aware of what you're doing. Put basic security controls in place. Look at your essential aid. Look at how to protect your networks. Don't be exposed. No one's going to think any worse of you if you eventually get hacked, but you've got all these controls in place. And it was really obscure how you, know, you got in there. But if you don't do anything, you just put your laptop on the internet with no firewall, no anything else. And you know, 10 minutes later, someone attacks you. You think, well, really? What are yeah. you doing? Of course. So yeah, secure yourself, secure your networks, patch. Yeah, don't, don't, multi-factor authentication and don't click on stuff, I think. <laughs> That's right. We might have said that before. (laughs) That's awesome. Cool, Scott. Well, that's been that's been awesome. We're kind of up to time. That's been that's been the wind down this week. Um, Cybersecurity Awareness Week. So hopefully you're aware now. Look, and if you are watching live or or you're watching on YouTube or Facebook or you're listening on on Amazon or iTunes or all the millions of other places you can listen, please drop us a like, drop us a subscribe. Um, We we really appreciate that. Um, There's another comment coming in. Train, train, and train some more to your users. That's an important point if you're running a a business is make sure your staff are trained and up to date but anyway before i go on make sure you like and comment we really appreciate it leave a comment we'll definitely if there's something you'd like us to talk about we certainly will talk about it leave us a like that helps the algorithms and subscribe and hit that little bell and then you'll be notified when we release a new version of this i tell you one other thing just on the train thing also 
when you're sending out training campaigns to test and educate users, tell them when you stop sending out the campaign so they don't click on it just to see what happens. Ah, that's a good idea. Yes, I hadn't thought about that. Yes. <laughs> so I always wonder what happened. I know nothing's going to happen because it's a training campaign. What actually happens when I click on these things? What happens when I put details in? All of a sudden you realise the campaign ended four days ago and this is someone real in what you just gave credentials. <laughs> anyway. Cool. Yes, no, awesome point. Scott, thank you very much. Thank you, Nick. It's been lovely as always. It's been lots of fun. I hope you all have an absolutely awesome day. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Scott. Thanks. Bye. See ya.